Hello, this is Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings podcast network. Today, I'm speaking with Think Tank. Think Tank is a member of UFO Twitter. He steadily tweets content about UAPs. He has asked the community to share videos and often provides them to Twitter for consideration. He also provides research materials for the community and has written for Liberation Times. Think Tank is also a member of the UFO Book Club. Welcome, Think Tank. Thank you, Devin. Before we get started, let me thank you for inviting me onto this show. Not many, um, not many podcasts have reached out to speak with me, so I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. Well, I I feel like I want to engage with everybody. Everyone has a voice, um, and everyone has something valuable to provide on this topic. And you're definitely one of those people who stands out, not only because you're always putting content out, but because you're really sitting there trying to analyze this in an intellectual way, which I appreciate. Yeah, the I look at the content that I put out as really conversation starters. Um, I know <laughs> I, I can get pretty creative with the descriptions and the captions, but at the end of the day, people have to realize that there is a lot of air clutter for real. And um, mm -hmm. my aim is to really just sort through it without that stigma. Okay. And honestly, the stigma is there present every single day. If I accidentally post something that's a balloon or an airplane, the stig like there's a certain, um, I don't know if they're a type of person or if they're part of a faction of UFO Twitter, but they like to like feel like they're policing the topic and posting something that's a misidentification will set the topic back, which is not the case. It's only going to set the topic back if you attack it with stigma. Well, and you know what? I think that your willingness to put anything forward should be commended because I am sure there are valid videos out there and we're not going to find them if we just assume they're all fake, right? So the fact that you put them out there and let people analyze them and you admit fully when it's not what you think it is or you find out some history on it. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think it's, you know, I think it's worth the effort. Um, and it's definitely never come across to me that you're just blanket stating these are all accurate. <laughs> No, I'm, 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 I'm trying to get better at that. I get, I just get excited. <laughs> I, you know, I look at a video and I start connecting other dots and I'm trying to insinuate that there are dots to connect when you watch this video, but it comes across as, yeah, me being extremely certain that this is an alien spaceship. Um, <laughs> although my belief is that, yes, there is something flying around that's not piloted by human beings here on earth not like 99% of the videos are not that. Yeah. I would love for us to be able to figure out in the near future, you know, how much of this is an unknown and unknown to anybody mm -hmm. and how much is our tech, because we know that some of it is right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I wish we could come up with something clever for figuring out things like the balloons and stuff really quickly. Um, Right now, what I've done, you know, on the UFO connector is just provided people with the the list of apps that you can use. 
mm-hmm. to delineate things like airplanes and um some of the balloons that are in in the orbit or whatever um you know things like that but mm-hmm. it'd be great if we had something a little bit clever like more clever and <laughs> to do that for us honestly the the tools that we have are more than enough to get like excellent data collected the the biggest issue is um again it kind of, the stigma like of preventing people from going down that route mm-hmm. um like imagine all of the plane spotters that are you know it's a very active community just like ufo twitter if they were um informed about uap not not like you know down to like the abductions but if they just knew that there are things out there that are not planes imagine mm-hmm. how footage would come across and that's kind of like what i um th- that's the thought process i go down sometimes when i try to find the videos like i'm not looking for ufo videos i'm looking for people that are filming um like air shows or ukraine has a lot of crazy videos right now um so it's just about awareness it's it's more awareness than the tools the tools are like already available in the public domain right Right. um if i did like a top 10 of the videos that i've posted that like i personally don't have don't think have been debunked to a satisfactory level those are again this is my opinion but i i would think others have this opinion as well i would think those videos are pretty compelling they're not awesome like they don't like they're they're not like jaw-dropping because there is an element of concealment um that's happening with uap so it's not like spaceships that are like just hd and you know 4k but if you look at it from an objective point of view and and just look at the details of the video you'll know that this is not something um that you can just rule out as a balloon now i'm going to ask you kind of a a woo question here yeah we know that their technology creates some kind of field around the object um this has been seen in photos and videos and by observers over and over so for anyone to get any kind of clear photo um, they basically seem to pose for it. Do you think that is a valid comment to say that they're actually posing for photos sometimes? Um, personally, no, I don't think so. And I, I'm just going by, let's say, Dorothy Isaac, for example, who, who's, who says they were posing for her, or Chris, Chris Bledsoe who says they were posing for him. Um, They haven't been able to put forth anything that is convincing to anybody else, even me. (laughs) And I'm not that difficult to, you know, when it comes to this stuff to get on your side. So um, I think there's an element of perception to it. Maybe they're perceiving it differently than we are. Um, maybe it's crystal clear to them and we are the ones that aren't seeing it properly. Um, you know, (laughs) there's, there's a part of me that thinks that, but to be honest, I don't know if they're really, um, coming out and showing themselves for certain people. It does seem like people like Chris Bledsoe and Dorothy and, um, some other people I've spoken to 
Do you get a lot of repeat visitations, though? Some of them, like um, Marie's UFOs, um, I think it's unidentified. I can't, I'm, I'm going to say it wrong. I'm not, I'm not even going to try to say it. The guy in New York who's, <laughs> who's doing a show, um, he's got a lot of videos. Like the, he's get gets opportunity after opportunity to film. Um, so what do you think it is that brings the phenomenon back to these people? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying they're not necessarily contactees, quote unquote, like they're not being visited mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not denying their experiences. I'm not saying like, they're like lying to us or misrepresenting something um i'm just saying they i don't know if the um the U ufos are like necessarily posing for a photograph they're able to capture these things but it doesn't look like it's like a like perfectly uh composed picture with like uh what they want us to see in the middle you know what i mean it's still a light moving around and you have to like think about the motion blur and all that it's not it's they're not posing i'm not saying they're not visiting chris bledsoe they're just i don't mm -hmm. think they're posing for anything do you think they care at all about whether or not we see them i think so i think that's the reason for the concealment um i don't know if it's as like if if the 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 concealment is the drones that aren't piloted with beings in them or if they are i don't know but they don't want us to see them and there's a reason they look like again my opinion but i think there's a reason they look like tic tacs because they want to be perceived as commercial jets yeah because if you're looking at a plane which obviously anyone who's interested in this topic is going to start really studying planes you can't help but think the body of that plane looks like, a, you know, a cigar shape, like what the Tic Tacs were described, right? And some of them, the shorter planes, do look more like the butane tank or the Tic Tac shape. Mm -hmm. And you wonder, and there is always this area of wonder, right, if a different angle would sort of just hide the wings. Yeah, exactly. I. I, yeah, to answer your question, and I'm thinking about it again, I really think majority of them don't want to, like, I also think there's a various different groups. I don't think it's just like one group that has different types of vehicles. I think a lot is going on mm -hmm. and probably what you and I can perceive. Um, but mostly all of them, I don't think want to be seen. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because we're doing the same thing with our technology. We're making all these breakthroughs, and some of them sound so similar to what's going on with these UFOs. Mm -hmm. Like, if you use the right metamaterial, you can basically cloak your craft. If you use the right, um, there's like a, a term for it. The, the truth creates this very deep black state. It blocks light, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and we're doing those things. We're also creating, um, you know, light beams that are created from sound. And like, we're learning about how to make materials out of nothing. All these things that UFOs are thought to be able to do, we ourselves are learning to do. Right. And we're, we're doing it at an elementary level, it seems, versus what we think they're doing. Um, 
but remember we're doing it because of like our trying to gain an advantage within our human like <laughs> uh war um dynamic right we're trying to gain advantage over adversaries um which brings me back to if they're doing it why are they doing it um one of my theories is that we will probably freak out as a species hmm. right yeah so there's like two possibilities there a lot of people are going with the zoo hypothesis that essentially we're on a nature reserve that they're guarding and looking yeah. over right yeah and then that would mean that they'd stay back to just let us do our thing while they watch us and experiment and then there's the other hypothesis that they're monitoring us surveying us mapping our planet out to figure out what they want to do with it so which way are you leaning one's a little scarier than the other i'm leaning towards the first one um and i'm leaning towards that because of probably two main reasons the first one is i honestly don't think they would give a shit if they're as advanced as they are mm -hmm. in terms of like scouting us out or like figuring out our movements it's not that complex we do it you know, to our own adversaries with their type of technology, I don't think it's that difficult. Um, and the second reason is you got to go back um, into, you know, all the ancient, like the cave paintings, for example, or um, some of the um, religious texts, right? They were most likely here before us. So I don't think they're here scouting us out, seeing like how we're going to react to things. I just think um, someone probably messed with our DNA like 70,000 years ago and um, we're under observation it seems like at least by one <clears throat> at least by one faction yeah what's really interesting is going down that path of history and religious text is how often you hear about sky beings or gods or angels right mating with humans right yeah and then you have to wonder because we still don't know so much about our history right we don't know what created the homo homo sapien per se we know um we have other relatives mm -hmm. you know that yeah. we had cousins yeah um, right so yeah. we don't know but we know that we're pretty different um in fact some people you know i've been researching this lately um, some people think Sasquatch is another um, hominin that's been wandering around the woods. And, you know, I kind of wonder, you know, is that the path we would have been on had something not interfered? You know, I <laughs> yeah. have to, I had like, would we have just been like Sasquatch, <laughs> you know? Honestly, I, that's, I've wondered the same thing. I, we probably would have been exactly the same like think about it we how come we're the only species that developed the ability to um speak in languages which gives the ability to pass information and knowledge along rather than going back to square one every time and relying on genetics mm -hmm. right um how, why are we the only ones and why and why are we the only chimps I mean, why are there chimps still that haven't evolved? Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? So 
yeah, I, I honestly think that's probably what happened. And it looks like um, most of the uh, proponents of disclosure, like Dr. Gary Nolan, are leaning towards that based on right. his tweet. So. Well, so the, the other thing that I find interesting is some of the more believable experiencer accounts that I've read, um, as in these people aren't going to profit, they're not in the public eye, they're speaking to a researcher anonymously. Mm -hmm. um, they, you know, they're, it's very hush-hush conversations. And basically, it was already six killer Clark, by the way. <laughs> she had to practically bribe people to <laughs> sometimes tell her their story, but because um, they didn't want to do it. So a lot of those stories are that the, the, these people are just scientists, essentially, that they're coming here as observers, scientists. They're kind of looking around and exploring. They're doing what we would do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's exactly what I think we would do. If we were going to another planet, we would kind of hang back, try to not interfere too much, probably. Um, maybe occasionally take a couple you know yeah. samples and or, or if you're if you're more advanced and you see them with you know matches you may step in yeah there, <laughs> right. that's, especially if you're on vacation right if you're on vacation hanging out going i'm gonna do a little science tour oh look right. there's a or if it's your lab or if it's your lab that you're trying to protect right i and i don't think that i get the impression that they're overly concerned with us on a personal level and sometimes the, the narratives that i hear about oh you know you need to protect your planet and stuff like that i feel like there's some a sense of it being contrived you know like there's a manipulation i agree, um, I, agree. I, I don't think i think it's sorry go ahead i don't mean to call, no it's a, I, go ahead because i think it's i think that's what it is i don't think um i think it's it's yes. either mixed messages, something's being crossed in terms of um, uh, understanding these telepathic messages that people are getting. Um, it might not be necessarily related to the planet, but it might be. What if they feel like the planet is you? What if they're saying, like, take care of yourself? You know, what I mean, this is an example, maybe a dumb one, but um, it's. We might not be able to perceive the totality of what they're trying to tell us or they're just giving us bullshit right e either or right yeah. so right yeah. and from from a you know person like i my background is psychology i often think about you know the that aspect the manipulation aspect and and you know the the way people are emotionally messed with you know sometimes they're really scared and sometimes they're really yeah. elated. And I think even about the neurological parts of this, like how easy it is to mess with the human brain. Yeah. And, so, and think, of it, think of it like, like, let's say the first time that we started studying like chimps, right? Mm -hmm. We're not necessarily concerned with what type of tree houses or what type of habitat they can build because we've seen that. We're more concerned with their decision-making process. How smart are they? What are they going to do with certain when they're presented with certain variables, right? What are they going to do when half the group turns on them? What are they going to do, um, you know, whatever variable you present them with, 
and you're charting this right, right. yeah because willie Shriver yeah. said it too he think he's like i think they're we're doing some kind of psycho psychological experiment on me right. and 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 if you actually go back and take a look at all of the abduction literature i forget who it was that said this but they the tests that they seem to be doing are all neurological like banging on your knee to see reflexes um they're not really concerned with your heart they're not concerned with your uh respiratory system they're concerned with your um sensory system mostly like your nerves and the way you react right mm -hmm. um i think it was I don't want to say anyone, but somebody said that it's not, that's not coming from me, but it's true. So it, it really seems like they're concerned with the way we make decisions and the way we um, like act basically. Mm -hmm. Now that's not to say that um, they're trying like, it's it, like that can go into like a cult route very quickly. But when I, when I say the way we act, but really it's how do, if they're more advanced than us, and you know we want to get to their level we have to make decisions the way they think is right basically <laughs> right yeah but what, what worries me about that is you know they may not have the capacity to understand what we think is right they because you know a lot of what makes us human is really based in bio in biology right yeah. so our emotions even in existing humans now, if you just mess up one part of the brain, they're going to go haywire, right? So if you're in a, a non-human intelligence, you're not going to have the same brain. You're not going to have the same chemicals in the brain. You may not experience fear even. Yeah, honestly, that's... And if you're trying to study it, you would just look at it objectively and chart and perhaps put your subjects in different situations to chart accordingly right right so yeah you hit the nail on the head like for example like i might i have two dogs and sometimes they literally will groom each other as in like um it looks like they're biting each other but they're like cleaning each other kind of mm -hmm. and my mom will be like why are they biting each other i'm like no that's just that's kind of, that's their sociology right we can't really um step in and, and and dictate how we think they should act especially when they know what they're doing right so it's a, it's a, it's very similar yeah some people come up with interesting narratives on this line like oh they're trying to um be more human and so they want to follow our footsteps or something and then <laughs> they're, they're like making kids so that they can have more emotion and have a soul and some things like that and i don't no. I'm like, I, I don't know. I think people create a lot of narratives about this subject that we just don't have answers for. No, it's just it's just missing. It's just missing data, missing narrative, not uh, missing data, missing information and people adding their narrative to fill those gaps. Right. Mm -hmm. Wherever they're coming from, wherever their perspective is, is what's what they're going to apply to it. Um, but yeah, that's and then that's that's where you get into trouble. That's where you get into like the cults and that's where you get into mm -hmm. um mental illness and going down rabbit holes that right i was just reading keel and he was talking about you know how the phenomenon tricked people into believing that they were able uh to tell everyone 
what was going to happen. They were prophesizing. And then, of course, some of the things they prophesized did not happen. So it's it's almost like, you know, if, if I'm just imagining like some non-human intelligence giggling <laughs> about these games that they play. Honestly, it's that's I, I honestly think that think that's what it is. And that's probably what got Jimmy Carter upset. Right. When you when you realize that someone's in control, that may that may not align with your morality and your ethics that's a very um that's uncomfortable right so that's why we fight like uh communism and we fight all the political and and societal structures that give control to one thing somebody else we right. and that. honestly i think one of the biggest mistakes we make is filling in those narratives even though it's fun like i do it too right but all we know is that there's something in the sky with essentially a better car than us <laughs> <laughs> like i wouldn't even say they're flying so i'm going to call it a car right <laughs> you can call it a better sub if you want if we're going to go transmedium but like that's all we know we don't know that they are actually better in any other way no, and we assume they're better because they're able to create these cars, but the Nazis had amazing technology. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, morality doesn't necessarily equal, like, technical ability. In fact, it might actually contradict it. Right, because who knows what they sacrificed to create these craft. Because <laughs> one of the things that I've heard and spoken to people about is that they may be alive. So there's a possibility that they've created something that has a combination of life form and machine mixed together somehow. Yeah, like like horses. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> we use horses, right? We right. Um, so that that is the fun part. The 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 troubling or the 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 um part that you don't want to get into is like going down any one path and like believe and like totally going in on it because we just don't know and and that's why essentially i'm here on or we're all here is we want that transparency right we need to know what everybody else knows to form a better picture if we're all working with these like small pieces of the puzzle which may or may not be correct you're never going to complete that puzzle um and everybody's going to have their own version of the puzzle and it's just going to divide us right so the, the transparency is the important part that's why that's honestly that's what motivates me to post all those videos right well you'll appreciate since you are currently in canada daniel otis you know actively doing his uap articles um which he sells to various magazines and uh, newspapers um just had one come out today about Canada and how they're going to deal with UFO questions. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. We're, we're, I would say Canada is a little bit ahead of uh, England and a um, couple of steps behind the US. Um, but that's a whole other thing anyways. It, well, let's, let's talk about that because it's not very often I get to talk about Canadian UFOs. So... It seems to me that they're actually a little further ahead in transparency in terms of you can go look on a website. Um, I mm -hmm. think, is it 
also the transport site. But it, it's well, it's you could go look at a website about um, any sightings that people have described for the day. Yeah. Um, think of that as like a MUFON type of organization. Okay, so they are. They, it is a. It's it's government. Don't get me wrong. It's not. A, it's not a nonprofit or a private organization. But what I'm trying to say is, they're not getting access. It's they're not getting access to the real stuff that NORAD and Nav Canada get. Nav Canada is like our defense contractor who gets the real reports from our um, armed forces and. Um, men and women in uniform right what the one that you're talking about it, it it's also reports i'm not saying they're not real but um it doesn't have the, the like the sensor data and the actual like uh richness of the reports that go internally and are not being released right um i would argue that, that i don't need all of that you know no, no, we don't you're right you're right and we are Canada is better in, than the U.S. in in that in that respect, um, but that the what I'm trying to say is the data or what the type of information that you're going to get from like openly available sources, and what you're going to get from that Canadian government resource is basically about the same. It's eyewitness reports, um, diagrams, um, news clippings, but it's not. It's you're not going to get like the real stuff that we're all like you know like you would have foyers out for for example right so <clears throat> i do think um there's some key people in canadian ufos that have come forward and they're trying to get a lot of this information um archived in the universities i want to say is it i'm going to say it wrong i know ottawa has some i've, I've bugged you about that yeah <laughs> Ottawa has FOIAs from yep. from from the U.S. that I haven't seen, um, so I would love for someone to go check those out. Um, is it is it Winnipeg? Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Yeah. And, and uh, the university there is actually, or one of the main universities there is where Grant Cameron is the professor. So um, they have a little bit of a UFO community. Like they have probably the best UFO community in and, Canada. And Manitoba, I think, or Manitoba. Manitoba would be like the province. So that's like our equivalent of a state. So Winnipeg is the city and Manitoba is the province. Okay. Because I, I know there's um, a few things going on where people are archiving now. And yeah. they're going to slowly actually provide that so people can read um, the archived material. Mm -hmm. um, Similar to like Rice University. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. But you know what's funny? Is if you look into what's going on with the archives at Rice, some of them are being locked down. <laughs> yeah, Valets isn't available till twenty twenty nine. I know that's super frustrating. <laughs> and it's not classified. Like, what's the? There must be some reason. What's the reason? Like, that's. I think that's a that's a golden nugget right there if you figure that out. And we, you know, eventually we'll also get um, Stanton Friedman's once it's organized and. They're, they're slowly just getting all these documents out there. And I would think at some point someone would realize if we just started putting this information in one place and really looking at it, it wouldn't take long for us to start really learning something. No. 
No, honestly, that's why it's 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 all fragmented, and it's it's a select few like you, um, you know, and other researchers that try to connect the pieces, but it needs to be done at like a like a a large large scale because yeah. it's all there. Yeah, Valet has come out and said that the database warehouse that they made for all SAP is still just sort of sitting there waiting for the government to be interested. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> you know, you have to go, okay, so Bigelow essentially has that right now. He's got the warehouse. Yeah. I do wonder, though, you know, do they, do they have the manpower that they are going to need to go through this and really look at it? Because Cheryl Costa wrote a book about some of the data from New Fork and MUFON. Mm-hmm. And that was just endless and endless hours of work. Um, and luckily from that emerged some patterns and we learned something, right? Mm-hmm. But to do it on a global scale, I wonder if they're really just going to have the manpower. There's just so many sightings. <laughs> yeah, that that's, and that brings me back to um, what I was just saying versus like the classified data versus the unclassified data, because the classified data, you can take you're not really sorting through eyewitness reports. You're sorting through anomalies in data and numbers, mm-hmm. right? which will give you a clearer picture much faster than sorting through, you know, people's perception of things with, you know, a cell phone video attached like one move on. Right. It, you can honestly do like 10 years of work with that kind of data than what we're working with right now in the public domain and you can do that in like a in like a month provided you have the right like um data analytic platforms and that's what we're fighting for it's so like it's such a that's it's such it's so frustrating because it's like we're just on the other side of the door and like they won't let us in you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. and 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 if you ask the wrong person they might say it's just it's just a mess, you know, it's just not organized and that's what's going on. Other people say, well, it really probably got mostly moved to the private sector for, for profit. Mm-hmm. And we know there's evidence of that, right? Yeah, Cause sure. example, Hal put off and his earth tech company. Um, they are contracted with the United States. And according to Rick Doty, who said he used to work there, they found craft and gave it over to the army but on the other side of that they're also the ones who are writing about the physics of these craft that's where eric davis uh was working you know (laughs) so so they're the ones profiting off of it you know they're working on it but they're profiting and then everyone looks to bigelow who has more information than anyone on the planet probably and he's an aerospace company (laughs) yep and then of course there's Lockheed. It's like intelligence that they're just sitting on to try to, you know, gain advantage from. Which is again frustrating, but what can you do? Did you hear about why Bigelow is sitting on it? Apparently, James Fox said Bigelow had a conversation with him where he explained that he's not pushing for disclosure because people would not be able to handle it 
yeah, that's a recurring theme that I keep coming across. Same with um, uh, that's it again. Why J Jimmy Carter apparently was upset after he got a, a little bit of a briefing. Um, Tom DeLong lost three days of sleep. He says um, it's a difficult thing to handle. Um, that's why I do believe that there needs to be a slow burn, slow dissemination process to this. Um, but I obviously don't think it should be obfuscated. Mm -hmm. Now, I think eventually they're going to have to either acknowledge the people who already know this, and I'm using air quotes, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and and validate them, or you know, they're going to have to um, you know move this to the point where they educate other people, because from the sounds of it. And it could be wrong, but it sounds like this is amplifying right now. Um, the I wouldn't say necessarily the number of civilian sightings is increasing, but it sounds like military sightings is are increasing. They're increasing. Um, somebody that I trust um, who would have the knowledge on this told me that like there's daily sightings of Tic Tacs. On the East Coast, hmm. you know, I I gotta I have to point this out. It's not just Tic Tacs. I don't know why no one's really honing in on this, but the people who apparently saw the Tic Tacs saw other objects. They just leave that out. <laughs> right, I heard spears. Right, and, and yeah, and I, they saw um, saucers too, supposedly. So, like, it's, it's not that things. Maybe the Tic Tac is ours, and they're using the entire story of this to add the Tic Tacs into the other category, just for some sort of an advantage. I don't think so. the The shape that they're describing has been seen since before we were really good with jets. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Also, I, it's true. It's like a it's like a push, like a tug and pull, even with your own reasoning with this. Mm -hmm. It is. It's a tough one. Yeah. I mean, one thing that I find really interesting, and we kind of touched on this earlier, is why is it a tic tac now? But it is. It has been uh, seen for a long time. So have triangles, but not so many triangles. I found that really telling because I suspect a lot of these triangles are ours. Um, but mm -hmm. I. But all these other shapes have been seen all along, right? And then. You know, reading Keel, like I said, and he talked about this evolution with these shapes. And the question is, for instance, were the Romans actually seeing flying shields? Were people in the 1600s really seeing flying carriages? Or did they just not know how to describe what they were seeing? Yeah. You know? Like, were people really seeing airships, or were they not able to describe what they were seeing? Yeah, it, yeah. I, I honestly think that's part of it. Like, flying shields can also be described as a, as a flying plate, which is a saucer. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, yeah, it's it just... Um, have you seen that Project Unity interview with that one guy who did that whole presentation about the history of the phenomenon? I forget what his name was. Micah or I forget, but was it Micah Hanks? No, 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 not not from uh, debrief, but um, I'll link you to it. But anyways, he he went through this whole history and he was talking about that, like 
the Romans saw spears, they saw balls of fire in the sky, and they saw flying shields, which all of those we still see. Mm -hmm. Just not described as that. You know, if you get really deep in it, all of the phenomena that humans encounter now, we have encountered all along. Yeah. Um, and it's it's almost gets frustrating if you research this, seeing how far back everything has come. Like remote viewing even, right? Yeah. Re remote viewing, telepathic abilities, uh, healers who are not necessarily using medicine but are using some kind of energy. Mm -hmm. um, people who are trying to transcend with meditation. You know, this is internationally a part of human history. Any and Eastern culture you talk to, you bring up those things. Those are just everyday things. Those are mm -hmm. even UFOs, even um, channeling, even out-of-body experiences. You talk to anybody who is well-versed in Eastern culture, Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, any of those religions... It's just it's just a normal thing. We, we Western society is heavily influenced by like material science, which gave them an economic advantage. Don't get me wrong, but it's disconnected the right. society from a lot of these things that um, are normal, even in South America, not even Eastern, like even in like Brazil, Peru, um, Chile, it's all the same stuff. Well, it will eventually all connect, I think. I think we'll get back to it. And this time we'll have science be a part of it. Um, for instance, I've I've talked about this in the past, but I've the what we used to call the aura, right, is now being looked at in a scientific way and is now called the biofield. <laughs> right, yeah. So or, I think the Merkaba, what is it called? The Merkaba um John Ramirez references this. He said the Air Force has satellites that can pick up people that do, that are doing a certain type of meditation. I forget what it's called. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't know if that's believable. But like in my mind, I can I can see it being real. Like vibrations yep. and energy and all that is real. Like all that stuff. Yeah, and then you know, yeah, we're looking at the uh, the actual antenna in the brain, and it turns out it's kind of near the pineal gland right so and then what did people used to call that they called it the third eye and they all said it was in the same spot and so there's science catching up with this spiritual aspect of us yeah and and then it, can, it kind of validates like they validate one another mm -hmm. you know so it's really interesting another example is um again i was starting to really think about sasquatch lately i'm really interested in human anthropology and i feel like anthropology is starting to slowly look at this as a possibility you know this missing yeah prim primate essentially or hominin um i mean it, there there's articles like every month that change their narrative that they're going by um drastically like there's thousands of years that end up being unaccounted for because <laughs> we find footprints somewhere that they're not supposed to be right so right. um yeah th th i think uh a lot of it i don't know why it's been covered up um it's been non-institutionalized -institu but i think we're going to get back there hopefully 
Well, I did. I did hear an interesting theory that some of this is covered up to protect the other beings. Um, so, like, say the government comes out and says Sasquatch is definitely real. Mm-hmm. Some people will go out there and try to kill it. <laughs> Honestly, that could be true, and and that again gets into us thinking about why certain things are a certain way because we don't have the information but that could be entirely true i know and that's a scary thought and we could we could if they came out and said c5 um is real you can have like the whole country going out trying to do a c5 and there might be negative effects or you know something that you don't want coming from that and the government might know so it could be very real but again we're working with um an absence of information and data so we're filling these gaps so uh, it's it's a it's a it's a difficult balance because i also see why there's such a slow release of information um but i'm the type of person that like that thinks everyone should have it and we figure out after even if there is chaos yeah i i think i'm leaning with ballet's concept and how put off's concept of just put everything out on the table yeah um i think it's really i wouldn't say unscientific but it's not the best idea if you are trying to do something intellectual with this to just leave information out Mm -hmm. so i'm just gathering all of the information as much as i can you know so for instance um people used to just leave out experiencer reports in fact I was reading Rupolt, right, who worked on Project Blue Book, and he said they would dump anything that had to do with encounters with occupants in a trash pile. <laughs> yeah. They would just immediately discount those. Like, how many of those I, they threw out, I don't know. But, like, they just left that information out. Like, it wasn't good enough. So, I think that's a mistake. So, I really prefer that just... I feel like drastic decisions like that are also influenced by people with that have experiences well not not necessarily rupaul or um what's his name philip mantel was that his name of course no No, it's the skeptic what's his name mendez mendez i think it was uh anyways i i I just feel like they are trying who was the okay so who was the guy that had a curse when he died he he had like a curse for ufology i know I, I don't know class <laughs> i don't know if it makes me think of von braun and his you know don't trust nasa if they say that aliens are coming <laughs> no. statement so i is don't know philip, is philip j class a person that's a person right I, can't, I it's not jumping into my head but go go keep going he's like a famous like skeptic people actually compare mick west to him now um on his deathbed he had he set out a curse like he he cursed people that believed in ufos saying that like he he hopes like they never find the truth or something but that's the most um hypocritical thing that anybody can do because a a curse is the most woo thing um that you can come up with 
You know what I mean? So that's what I mean. I, 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 sometimes I feel like they're experiencers who are just like in denial or like don't want it to be true. They'd rather it just be a dream. Yeah. Well, you know, if you talk to Grant Cameron, everything that's a dream is more real than than this reality. He thinks everything well, on another plane is pretty <laughs> valid. Grant Cameron is like 50 years ahead of all of us. Sometimes right. I just go back. Honestly, if you go back and listen to some of his... Um, uh podcasts or me like youtube videos that he's uploaded like back in like 2017 like close to the start of all this it's some of the most insightful um information that you'll get because he was close to it all at the beginning um and you can see what the thought process was um and and then now you know what happened like five years later and when you connect those dots it's really, really like, holy shit. Like Grant Cameron knows his shit. So I urge anybody listening to this to go back and listen to Grant Cameron's podcast from like 2017. Yeah, he was on Calling All Beings with us. And he kind of just went stream of consciousness. And, yeah. he, and he, you know, made the point of, you know, if you speak in stream of consciousness, you're letting something come out before you even have time to manipulate the thought. Mm -hmm. um, you're literally going to be more likely to speak from your, you know, yeah. other self, essentially. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting because I like stream of consciousness. Me too. But my problem is I start second guessing. I'm like, is that consciousness or is that me <laughs> just thinking and projecting, right? And it's probably the latter. But yeah. And that's and also in American Cosmic with Tyler and all that trying to if you tune into it well um, i think there's I, i'm one of those people i know it's materialistic and people frown about this but i think there's science to consciousness oh, <laughs> i really do absolutely if you look at my pinned tweet on my twitter it's all about um quantum physics psychology and peer-reviewed studies that are associated with the woo in what we're mm -hmm. talking about Right. And there's just a ton of those. There's a ton of documents. I think there's at least 200,000 or something ridiculous on Google uh, Scholar, if you do a Google Scholar search. Yeah. But, but they're, they're really clever about how they provide that information um, because intellectuals are afraid of stigma, right? So they are really careful about that. For instance, they, they'll say anomalous instead yeah. of like ufo <laughs> you know yeah. so, go go search for anomalous or search for like um like remote information exchange like those types of phrases mm -hmm. um and they're literally talking about telepathic things mm -hmm. um there's a intuition that's a big one intuition gets used yeah. a lot intuitive intuitive responses to a certain blah 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 like um yeah, there's a lot of studies. There's I just came across one. It wasn't peer-reviewed, but apparently the structure of a pyramid will protect, or not protect, but like it will preserve. If you put it, like, let's say you have like bananas, right? Mm -hmm. Leave bananas out versus put them in a pyramid. The ones in the pyramid stay fresher longer. Hmm. Interesting. Right. So it's not, it wasn't peer reviewed, but like it's, there's so much interesting stuff. Especially considering pyramids are usually 
storage houses and tombs. Yeah. Right. Right. So there's so many ways you can go with that. I'll, I'll link you to it. It's really interesting. And um, it was a Japanese study. Like it was a university. It just wasn't peer reviewed because again, you put out something like that. Anybody that wants to peer review it will have to have courage. So here's, here's a question. Do you think the fact that we have pyramids everywhere and at some point we were as a whole, we're probably a very small population of homo homo sapiens mm -hmm. that eventually spread out do you think that we had what they i think they call it like the grandmother culture because so many of our stories like about floods and sky gods and everything seem to be in common among different religions yeah. so do you do you think we had one culture that we broke off from that's a good question. I think it's very, very possible. Um, I think that's more possible than our current version of uh, mainstream history. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to answer that, but I do believe that we're not the first advanced civilization. Hmm. Well, okay. I don't yeah. know how advanced the previous one was or how advanced we are versus them. I don't know but we're not the first advanced civilization and that's highly evident like just look at um just look at like what graham hancock for example says or um you know the stonehenge or anything that's like astronomically aligned that wasn't supposed to be at the time um it's not i don't think they're aligning astronomic astronomically these structures and going back to like hunter gatherer strategies, right? Mm -hmm. They're advanced. These are just small signs that we see of their how advanced they were. We don't know really what they were doing. It's it's way too long. But um, this is what we can gather now, um, and what we can gather is aligned with the astrology and like the heavens and stars and all that. So um, imagine what we can't see. Imagine the stuff that they, they that we're doing to like heal each other or imagine what they were doing to like um make batteries yeah well whatever it is right so right um i don't think we're the first advanced civilization i think we're the one that was able to use natural resources the, the best in the most efficient way but being efficient in that way was not efficient for the planet you know what's really strange is that we do have and it is it really is just because of a lack of people writing about it right the lack of the record but we have like an amnesia like people until they discover like since for instance like mayan temples right they didn't know they had no idea right how many amazing civilizations probably existed in african countries that oh. people don't know about right because we know that there are some that they're finding and some that they can't even explore yet. Um, so, and then there's all these places that people were that just, they just walked away and left. Um, and they find them in some really interesting places, like along the sides of cliffs. So there's just, because of the lack of record, we have like an amnesia. It's really sad. Yeah. And I, I don't know if our potential programming that we had 70,000 years ago is part of that amnesia um or like if, if they caused it or if it had anything to do with it but um you're right we we've 
it's not even amnesia it's like ignorance like we see something like for example have you seen that video of somebody clapping in front of the mayan pyramid and then it like um it makes a like a clapping sound at to up top mm -mm. I, I may be describing it wrong but the way like the engineering of basically somebody clapping and it having a certain type of response um at the top of the pyramid mm -hmm. tells you all you need to know about how advanced they were with their engineering okay but we just look at it as a gimmick oh like we go there and like the tour guides like we'll clap in front of the pyramid and like holy shit that's awesome but like we don't think about what it what that involved right and then there's like magnetic um stuff in some of these giant sculptures that we find around the planet right and right. some people think they might have um or just the construction of the pyramids right we just, we just well, like we're just like yeah i'm sure they did it somehow or like we have a hypothesis but like everything that we know now doesn't support that hypothesis like we couldn't build that pyramid we couldn't build that pyramid right now you know it's funny i was just talking today about how ignorant we were about our own planet and we've only what explored like 20 percent of the oceans um we've only really explored like 30% of the United States, you know, it's like, like people are like, no, that's not true. We mapped it. And I'm like, that doesn't mean someone sat in those woods no. and, you know, they might've walked on the outskirt of the woods or they might've taken a helicopter over, but there's stuff that there's no human being may have ever walked on still. Right. And that's just the United States. Right. I think, I think part of the human condition is to, um kind of like know or need to know that we're in control of everything and we're really not and that that might be just the most um like the number one reason why there's secrecy with this stuff right. i just don't know if people can handle it i know it's so funny i'm very different about this and i'm like okay someone else is in charge cool we need some help <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's the right way to be i think you got to be resilient right any species is uh it just progresses because of resiliency through adversity mm -hmm. shut down and like ignore it we gotta we gotta face it head on whatever the situation is and there is a situation <laughs> yeah and and it's it's a good thing that we're thinking about these questions. And I think it's one of the appeals to this mystery too, um, because as we think about these things, we're kind of learning more about ourselves at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're learning, we're growing for sure. We're like every generation that's coming into the world now, I genuinely believe is a little bit more advanced than the previous one in terms of like, how quickly they perceive things, how quickly they grow up, how quickly they start talking, walking. Um, I I think it's speeding up to what I end. wish you would be better at getting jobs though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I say this from personal experience. <laughs> right, you're a support worker, right? Um, I I am a counselor and I, yeah. I, I work with a lot of kids and I have some of my own kids. So I see I see these kids being more open-minded about things and more accepting. I've had 
I don't talk to these kids about my interest in UFOs, but they tell mm -hmm. me things sometimes, you know? So I definitely see them being more open-minded and thinking about it in really almost um, logical ways. But I also see on the other hand that <laughs> they're still not getting jobs. <laughs> but you know what? It's difficult. How do you think about it? Like from, from, from their perspective or anybody's perspective, if you go down this rabbit hole or like if you're like if you enter the ideas into your head that like we're not in control or any of this stuff it's really go it's it's difficult to compartmentalize that and like go back to your 9 to 5 or look for a 9 to 5 mm -hmm. um obviously I'm, I'm i'm what i'm saying is a little bit of ex, of an extreme but kids or teenagers especially usually are operating in extremes right so if they see not they don't even have to believe in like ufos or aliens or anything like that if they just see that the world something's off with it like the, there's a power imbalance there's a economic imbalance there's a racial imbalance like if you just have to be perceptive and any perceptive kid that internalizes that will struggle being a part of that world in a progressive way you're right there's probably going to be if if for instance there were just like full disclosure one day right yeah. there's probably going to be a percentage of people who are just going to throw their hands up and be like well i don't see the point anymore a high percentage and and not, i was i was, I was going to tweet this today actually i was thinking like let's say you're signing on to like pay a bill online right you're signing on to your online banking and then you see like a notification pop up that ukraine got nuked Mm. continue paying that bill or does are you going to go down like a totally different path mm. let's hope this doesn't happen <laughs> right and th and that's obviously like a ex again an extreme but like there is a conflict in terms of how we're trained or how we've been like taught to be a part of society and like what's happening with the conflict around the world right now I will I will say what came to mind and this you know was just recently remembered was 9/11 right when that happened everything sort of froze everyone right. was in, in like in a stiff different mindset different state of being right now imagine a nuke went off or imagine there was a mass sighting it's the mm. it's the shift in psychology um, that you're most concerned about and you don't know which way that's going to go you know what's really interesting i um i think one's different from the other because one involves us hurting each other which i really get upset about mm -hmm. and the other involves our babysitters coming to make sure we're doing the right thing <laughs> in my opinion but but um yeah i think i think it's i don't feel the same way about um these non-human intelligences yeah they don't they're callousness. They might not have the same feelings that we have necessarily. Mm -hmm. They may be giving false narratives to reassure people and, and playing games. But I just don't feel like fear like other people do. But we do hear people describing being afraid. The fear, is, the fear is not from them. The fear is from knowing that they're not in control. Okay. Majority of people go about their lives where it's human exceptionalism human exceptionalism as in we've 
we're the species that has evolved away from these animals. We're the ones that are constructing houses, technology. We're going into space. We're in charge. We're in control. The second you rip that away from them, that's where the fear comes in. Not because yeah. they're afraid of something else. It's because they're afraid of not being in control. And that's a very legitimate fear. It is like, it's also the fear that propels people um, in, in life. In, in, uh, it's the fear of um, dying out or not surviving, really. So if you know that you're not in control of your own survival uh, at a very large scale, that's where it comes in. So that's why it, that's why um, Eastern societies will do better with it because um, they're more um, internal. Like they will, their meditation helps a lot. No, like ridding yourself of your ego and like concentrating on um, things that destroy the ego versus build your ego up are very important. Mm -hmm. Right. It's funny because. <laughs> You know, people talk about when they get into transcendent states, like with um, TMT, yeah. one, of the, one of the first things that happen is like this ego death. And yeah. then they have to get through that to get through what they call the breakthrough. Yeah. The ego death is you're not you, basically. When you realize that, like, you yourself are not enough, you know, to it's hard to explain but like when you when that ego death happens it's um it's actually like very relieving for a lot of people i and will it, say in psychology can... we've tried to explain that uh also in terms of growth mm -hmm. there's a certain stage in human development where you're supposed to recognize that you're not just you that you're part of a community yep and if you get that and you start to understand that you actually can be happier so I think that, you know, unfortunately, people who are younger who haven't reached our that, society right now is not fostering that, in my opinion. Like our society is not um, giving the foundation for that to take place. Mm -hmm. um, so majority of people who are getting that are very, very in isolated communities or isolated like social structures. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think one of the happiest places on the planet is a little island in Japan where the people are very socially oriented. Mm -hmm. That's the blue zone, right? I, I don't remember exactly where it was, but... Blue zone. It's also in Greece. There's an island there. And yeah, they drink a glass of wine every night and talk to... They just come out and congregate as a community like out on in their neighborhood and their like lifespan is i think like 103 or something like that what's funny is it we actually create an aversion to this idea which is really really bizarre because it's probably what kept us alive in the beginning as we started to evolve back in time right yeah. um this this working together and watching each other's backs and making sure everyone in the community had what they needed and that made the made us survive and like neanderthals they believe were less social and they think that's why they died off they yeah. didn't have that large group growing and working and watching each other's back but now people call that communism right so, socialism but yeah communism yeah. 
Right. They call it they call it something negative and they are, are like try to avoid it and they really push capitalism, which is, you know, make money for yourself. Be selfish. Mm-hmm. So so it's really weird. Like it's I'm not saying I'm a communist or a socialist or whatever, but I'm saying it's funny how the mindset has changed, how we're like what like if someone said I want to go to a commune where I'm helping everyone else, <laughs> everyone would be like, Oh, that's awful, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Versus if they said, I'm starting, I'm going to start a company and I'm going to employ 500 people. Oh, that's amazing. Right. It's a, it it is a shift in mindset and it is, it don't get me wrong. This mindset has given us a technical technological advantage. Like I'm not sure any previous civilization has had, they've again, they probably have come close or had it in different ways, but, um, it's come at a cost in my opinion Hmm. we really had to get through some things to get to this point though and then once we got through them we were able to start this rapid cycle do you believe in the the singularity concept um can you expand What, what do you mean by that i think it's supposed to be and i don't i like that's why i wanted to ask because i've heard it alluded to it's basically the point where we reach the pinnacle of technology. Uh, that's a good question. I haven't thought about it, to be honest. I don't. I'll have to get back to you on that. So, yeah. so you're, saying, you're saying we would reach we, we would reach the height of technology and. I don't know. I, I think I need to know more about it, too. Um, I don't think we can reach the height of technology unless we acknowledge the woo side. Yeah. Right. And I, yeah, again, I think that it'll all come together eventually. What's funny is when I think about pyramids, I think of it, it's so weird. I just, in my head, a pyramid's like a symbol of all the different sides of what makes us human, like religion, psychology, science, and mm-hmm. how they, and they like, all merge at the top. Right, exactly. So it's so funny. We were talking about pyramids and that. And I just think that's what's going to happen eventually. They're just going to come together, and I'm all about that. <laughs> Bring them together because they are connected. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Science is science is just um, a way to like test your spiritual be- beliefs. So whatever spiritual beliefs you have, once you prove them, become scientific knowledge. Mm-hmm. Right? So you, it always starts with intuition and spirit, like your uh, gut basically it starts with that and then you go into a hypothesis and then you do the experiments and then you prove it right so that's why it frustrates me when someone says there's no evidence of xyz it's not the evidence you're looking for you're looking for the way to test that hypothesis yeah and you know it's really funny as i was reading avi loeb's book and he was talking about how scientists it, the book is extraterrestrial for anyone who hasn't read it, but um, how scientists just like support the idea of multi-dimensionality, right? Mm-hmm. But but they have zero evidence. Right. <laughs> like they just they're all like it's possible, it exists, and there's That's zero right. evidence. There's more evidence for UFOs than there is for that. But if one topic gets considered crazy and the other is accepted. <laughs> that's manufactured stigma that's the manufactured stigma that we're fighting against for 75 years 
Right. So we really just have a lot to sort through. <laughs> um, and I wanted to ask you a question. I really didn't get to look at any of the questions, which is fine. It's kind of what I expected to have happen, actually. But I wanted to ask what brought you into this before we get to the end of today's interview. I wanted to give you a chance to explain what brought you into the community, what made it so that you wanted to study all these things, and um, why you were so intrigued by the videos. It's not, um, so good question. I was brought into this because of some personal experiences. Um, and it's not that I'm trying to like project my experiences on other people with the videos, but it really grinded my gears that I couldn't talk about them with my friends and family because of, um, because it's just not a part of their like reality right mm -hmm. it's it, it was very frustrating it was you know it's it's a borderline like isolating um that you can't talk about these things and when i did try to talk about these things i had friends that had you know called me crazy or that i joined the cult so it's just like a little motivating factor that like we don't like we can talk about this without it being like a crazy um uh, existential issue um, and the videos again like the videos are conversation starters it, it all starts with there's no evidence of UFOs so every day I try to bring some sort of potential evidence okay right um, yeah some of them are misidentifications but what the 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 goal is is I want to be able to look at or talk about this issue with my friends and my family and, you know, people that are close to me mm -hmm. without like coming to odds about like different realities. Like, um, I think it, it should be like common knowledge that there are things flying around in our airspace that are unaccounted for the pre preliminary UAP report stated that, um so yeah that, that that that's you know i don't want to get too much into my experiences but like that that is the motivating factor to be honest with you yeah and it is sad because i have a partner who doesn't believe in any of this mm -hmm. and while i was trying to update the ufo connector he was reading out loud to me about the qualities of a cult because he's so adamant sometimes against this <laughs> and i'm like people don't know like what we have to go through just to try to present this information i was even pointing out i'm presenting the man-made hypothesis too <laughs> you know right. it doesn't and, and it they're right it can get into some cultish like um silos but a cult again is like religion where people are trying to fit missing pieces and information gaps with their personal experiences. Mm -hmm. So people can go down that cult route because they don't have the, the, all the information. That's why transparency is like, that's why the activism and in a way you do it, I do it. You know, a lot of people on UFO Twitter do it. Um, we got to continue um calling for government 
or whoever else has the data to give it to us so we're all working with the same information or mm -hmm. else that's where we're getting we're getting into these situations where our partners think we're in cults um because we are not working with the same perception and then also even though it's been basically declared real there's always the question mark still right the, there's always going to like there's always the stigma still yeah. even within the government there's still people who are laughing right i mean it, yeah i i will never understand it yes so they're saying there's things that are going Mach 35 and dropping down from 80,000 feet to sea level in five, 0.7 seconds or whatever. But people are crazy for thinking that they're not human. We know that humans can't make that. We know humans can't survive that. Why mm. is that so crazy, right? So who's really in the cult in a block boxed off belief system? Yeah, and you know what I think is crazy? The fact that they weren't letting people report that. Like what? Yeah. Like even from the national security perspective, which they're always saying national security, blah, 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 right? So why would you not have people reporting if things were flying around nuclear powered, you know, craft? You know, like what? That again, I think it comes down to the at the, the people don't want to deal with it. I think I think people just like mm -hmm. our generals and like dod doesn't want to answer um questions as to what these are or why we can't do anything because that it makes them seem powerless right but yeah. in this situation it's okay we're all with the dod like we're on your side like we understand you're powerless but you gotta like work with us here you gotta work with society mm -hmm. you gotta work with the rest of humanity because you, there's no way they can handle this on their own that's what i mean i don't think if they asked for volunteers look at galileo i think uh avi Loeb said he has like at least 100 scientists who have signed up right yeah. and then i know i you know looked at the volunteer thing and you know he's like you anyone can volunteer like uh it's still probably open for volunteers um if they just you know looked for the right people um did some background checks they would have people who progress this topic like that like if they got valet and his database you know bigelow's database i should say yeah um <laughs> to just get on board like how much time would they save like they've at this point they've got i don't know four and a half years left maybe at the most yeah be before the, the office gets called into question again um what have they done so far? Uh, I'm hearing that they barely have two people in, in hired, right? Right. And they're supposed to have a report by the end of October. I yep. don't know. Yeah. And like, there's, there's a long list of things that they're supposed to be doing. Um, and honestly, if we would just stop rewriting, you know, the narrative or recreating the wheel and working to, and we started working together we would get much further like it's ridiculous to me when people talk about crash retrievals it makes me crazy every single time because it was literally put in the foyers <laughs> that there was a project called moon dust it's in the ufo pdfs on the dod's website <laughs> right right and some of those documents are talking about retrieving things before satellites were even up exactly 
So why did they not understand that? Why do we keep going? Oh, we're there, and like it's so it makes me crazy. And then when uh, Ramirez was talking to people about orbs, and I'm like, did you not do the research? There are so many sightings of orbs that have happened. So many foyas. Orbs yep. have been a huge part of our folklore. Even scientists, um, you know, talked about ball lightning, which is essentially what an orb, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, orbs are huge. They're part of all of our paranormal. Like, ghosts are also associated with orbs. Angel. Angels, fairies. Yeah. So, it, it makes me crazy when anyone would look at that and go, what is this about orbs? <laughs> I know. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the... That's the that's what they wanted they want people to work in these separate silos well let's get over that for god's sake <laughs> let's just move on you know Honestly, a... i think it's we just need we're like as a species we need um like we need to get a go-ahead from the highest authority figure once we have that which is the government i think uh, things will start really moving forward um, academically. We just need that like like one video or one like smoking gun. Um, but that's just my belief. Well, it's they thought they gave it to us, right? Uh, that's what they you know people thought they gave it to us. We had three videos and yep. and that wasn't to a lot of people it. Um, I don't think that's even gonna be enough. Yeah, like even I just don't think video would be enough. I think the only thing that would be enough is for everyone to either have an experience that they just cannot, like, mm -hmm. say it's a dream, they cannot push under the rug, and other people have witnessed it. Which, by the way, there have been many mass sightings, but anywho, or you know, that a non human intelligence is unavoidable in our face like and i hate to say this but they would have to be kept safe if they, <laughs> like that we're dangerous so <laughs> like and so they would have to be basically like i hate to say this like in a zoo that's bulletproof or something <laughs> you know it's like we're, we're, and, we're behind a, some sort of a barrier <laughs> right and and would they be willing to basically be put in a cage for that i don't i don't think so i don't i don't think we're talking about a group that has a huge population i think they're probably pretty vulnerable i think once they come out of their craft they're really at risk and we hear all the time about awful things that happen to mm -hmm. non-human intelligence you know even Bigfoot. I heard about like supposedly the army took some bodies to rape Patterson from Sasquatch because they were being dangerous in the woods. I heard about that too. I heard about um, a, a platoon in Afghanistan coming across a giant. Mm. Um, apparently he was like 15 foot tall. Wow. And they flew him back to Ray Patterson. It's weird how everything goes to Wright Patterson, isn't it? Well, it is the foreign foreign technology office. I know. It's just interesting, huh? Like that's where uh, a lot of bodies supposedly went. So Wright Patterson, poor Wright Patterson, is probably like, it's not us. It's not us. <laughs> but like, what do we do with the information that 
General McCaslin was emailing Tom DeLong, right? Like, if what we're saying is totally absurd and like totally out of left field, then why is Tom DeLong and McCaslin, why are they emailing according to the WikiLeaks, right? So it's hard to like just rule this stuff out. And it's hard to understand what you should like internalize and whatnot. Right. Especially because if you really, if you look at these FOIAs that do, had to do with Moondust, for instance, mm -hmm. there are some recognizable names that are CC'd on those FOIAs. Some recognizable oh. bases are included in those FOIAs. So there, there is a, a, at least some level of truth to all of this, right? So, And why is it always metallic balls that are falling off these satellites, quote unquote? Why is it not any other type of a part? It's always a metallic sphere that's falling off of a satellite. Mm -hmm. this, those metallic spheres are really interesting because not only are, are they in the FOIAs, but it's they're interesting. Yeah, yeah they're, all, they're falling from all over. Um, they're, they were picked up by moon dust, right? They're, um, apparently there were multicolored ones that were falling. I think it was France. That's not in our poise, obviously. Um, so what is going on with that? But yeah. I personally suspect that orbs and spheres may be one in the same. Just I, I, I suspect it too. Um, I've, it might be some sort of a propulsion thing, propulsion thing where um, if they're trying to go faster or do something that they have to look like they're glowing or whatever they're doing looks like they're glowing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it's mind boggling how people it, knowing this information, like what me and you were talking about, how can they can just write it off and be like, oh, they're satellites every single right. time all over the world before satellites and you have these metallic um sightings currently happening all over the world right Maybe uk which I, I i will never understand that but uk has a disproportionate amount of ufo sightings mm -hmm. and all, i think that the ego is just a big part of all of this we need ego death for all of it right because yeah. People aren't looking at other countries. They're just writing them off. Like Mexico, they have a really strong team down there. And they show videos of these um, objects that go from looking like metal to light. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And then there's just the human ego. The assumption that the lights that are coming off a UFO have anything to do with us. <laughs> like everyone's like, why would they show us their light? They don't care, right? They're probably using, it's probably a secondary part of their propulsion or it's a communication system for them. Why do they care? Yeah. <laughs> you but know, like, the monkeys saying, why are there, why is there light at the end of our rocket boosters? What are they trying right. to communicate? It's just propulsion. Right. Right. So you can't add your like your own spin of decision making on that. I know we have a we have a lot to unpack and I appreciate that you're with us helping us to do that. Um, thank you for coming and talking to me today. I Absolutely. appreciate that. Sorry and it took so long and sorry I had to reschedule two times, but uh, I'm glad it happened. <laughs> it's, it's not a big deal. I think, you know, like I said, I want to talk to everybody. Um, I, I feel like, you know, of course, if you ever want to come back and chat, let me know. But I really think everyone is 
if we work together, we're going to get so much further with this. So I'm really grateful that you came. I'm also grateful for what you're contributing to the community. So I hope everyone goes to look at your material um, and gets on board with what you're doing. Can you please let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah, I'm just on Twitter. I don't have a, a blog or anything like that. No YouTube. It's just 528vibes, 528vibes on Twitter. I'll have a couple links in the description. Again, thank you for coming today. Thank no problem. You. Happy to be back anytime you want me back. Great. Sounds awesome. I'm hoping we'll have like an intellectual panel someday from the book club. We should. We should actually do that soon. Um, I think very that'd be fun. Oh, maybe we can do it when the report comes out. Just yeah. sit, sit down and mull over the report. That might be a good idea. So uh, everyone who yeah. came to yeah. <laughs> Everyone who came to listen, thank you so much for listening. This was Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings Podcast Network. If anyone needs to find me, I'm at Study of UAPs, Twitter, LinkedIn, so on and so forth, or the UFO Connector, and recently, you know, working on UAP Medical Coalition. Take care. See you at Calling All Beings on YouTube or on Twitter, etc. Take care, everybody. Bye.